Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to Chumba ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is Reed Saunders, professional Colorado sports announcer. 1-0 to Ryan. Drives it to right. Going back. Puig and it's gone. You're tuning in to the Mile High Pundit Podcast. It's too good to be true. Follow us on Twitter at Mile High Pundit Podcast. Loose ball in the front court. Grant dumped it home. And the Denver Nuggets lead it by 20 points in the game seven. Now, here's your hosts, Joel James and Jared Shuck. Yeah, so Jared, what do you do to uh, cool off at the end of a hot day here? I mean, I'm talking, talking real hot after work, getting home plus degrees in the house what do you uh what do you do to beat the heat thank god i live in an apartment building i just cranked my fucking ac <laughs> ladies and gentlemen welcome back to episode 36 now and unfortunately it's a somber one uh we'll be talking all abs it's gonna be a good one but uh i mean just We'll get into the, to all that a little bit later, but but yeah, how do you? Uh, I mean, AC aside, like, do you uh, pour yourself a drink on a night like this? Like, because I'll tell you my post game ritual right now if you want. And it started off with me sitting on my porch with my uh, trusty bullet bourbon that I keep in my uh, roomside fridge, taking a few swigs. Because the house was literally, I'm talking 100 plus degrees. Um, unfortunately, our heat unit does not have AC, so we've been just blasting fans and keeping windows open. Um, but I was on the I was on the porch, just taking it all in after tonight, trying to come up with a term how to describe how I felt while I was sipping on that bourbon. Bullet bourbon, by the way, delicious, just straight. Don't even need. Don't even need it on the rocks. Don't. I mean, just perfect, perfect drink. But I mean, Jared, you know that you're a whiskey guy yourself. That being said, the the feeling I came up with, Jared, was hollow. And I want to get your take on this too. And I'm just gonna leave it at that for a little bit. This sport. has encompassed my life since I was seven years old and I'm 27 now. Um, 
this has been my basic basically my entire life i grew up playing soccer with my mom being um on track to go to the 91 world cup with the national team and everything else um we we got those little flyers in the mail from austin bluff skate city to come try and play hockey to come play and that was in i got oh i mean it's been like shit man it's been more than 20 years now probably closer to 22 years because i started playing really young and well, it might have been 20 years, so I was probably about seven. And and just the, the, this game took over my life. And I've seen how cruel this game can be um, from injuries to disappointments with this, that, the other thing, you name it. Um, I, I was looking back at it because I, I wanted to see... Um, we recorded episode 19 after the game 7 OT loss on September. Is that September? Probably been September 5th. Yeah. Recorded September 5th of 2020. We're coming up on the year long, the, the year to the date of us doing these podcasts. After that game seven, it, it, it was last year's game seven wasn't nearly as bad as as losing in six this year. the The term that I would use is disappointment. Um, I I I think failure is way too strong of a term for what has transpired this year. He's bringing out the dad vibes. He's not mad. He's just <clears throat> disappointed. I, I mean, but if, if you look at it as a whole, you lose Francois before the season yeah. starts. He's out in training camp. So you're already behind the eight ball with a backup goaltender. You do everything right in the offseason. I, I mean, trades, free agent pickups, you name it, they hit the nail on the head. Development of their younger players as well, and 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 just looking back at it now, where I I think the the front office and the coaching staff being in cahoots because obviously it's not being that the decision of free agency is not being made just by by Sackick and in in the in the towers of KSC right? Yeah, that's. It's a group decision at that point. Um, it, the free agency just wasn't good enough. The, the trade deadline, uh, not the free agency, the trade deadline just wasn't good enough. The, the guys you brought in, one of them was serviceable. Was serviceable. And that's at best. And the other was a liability. And the third one is a goaltender. That, that's... I, I understand you don't want to go... You're, you're not pushing all your chips in on a year like this, right? Shortened season. The Avs are playing well enough 
and let's just face facts. I mean, they they weren't tested in 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 the final really five games of the year, oh four games really because they played one against Vegas. They weren't tested in the final four games. Add in four more games against St. Louis where they were hardly tested, and you had to come in and beat a Vegas team who just went seven against Minnesota and a team that knows how to get through a series. They've been through more seven game series in the last four years since their inception. But three years, whatever the fuck it is, than Colorado has in the last 10. Let that sink in. 10 years. Vegas has faced more adversity. Plain and simple. It's, it's just, it's, it's a disappointment to me. You could see it with the way, with the way they were playing almost. It was almost like Vegas was a more veteran team at times. Um, But it's tough, Jared. I mean, it's, if you want to talk about moves, you know, offseason, we'll start with Devontae's. Does he do this game? Comes in 19 seconds in and scores. I mean, as far as that, I'm concerned at that point. Trade one. And, and let's, let's, and let's, let's, say, let's say right now, the best player round two for Colorado was Brandon Saad. Best player. 100, 100%. Outside, outside of Philip Grubauer from games one to five, Brandon Saad's your best player. And it's not even close. And that's a problem. He was, he was on the McKinnon line looking like McKinnon. I'll, I'll leave it at that. He, had, he brought speed to that line. That's why they were, they were able to be successful. And change the temperament of this series, but not enough to change the result, which... For me, I mean, coming up as an athlete myself and then working, you know, stats with the Eagles, it's really it's tough to see that as an as, you know, an analytics type guy. Like it's it's tough because, I mean, statistically, Jared, statistically in this game, I mean, Colorado knew what they had to do from the start. It was it was relevant. I mean, they put 33 shots on goal in Vegas, one for one on the power play. And Vegas also had 34 blocks. So call it call it 67 shots to 23, man. Like 30, you know, however many they had it. They outworked them in that aspect. And the changes that Bednar made were effective. But just not enough. There's a certain breaking point, I feel like. And it's just, it's tough to watch, man. Like, the games three and four were where we lost this series. We split there, it's completely different. Because I feel like games five and six, this team outskated Vegas. I test aside off a couple wonk plays. I'm talking puck off a skate results in a turnover goal. I mean, Vegas was just the more opportunistic team here. I, I mean, and we just tweeted it out, bro. We literally just tweeted yeah. out. Look at that fucking heat map. There is yeah. nothing that says Colorado should win this series. Nothing. Not well, a not for the series overall. Thing. Not, not, oh, I, I agree. I'm just talking past two games, man. I'm talking games five and six. E- even then, bro. Game five. I was there live. I saw it in person. Saad is yeah. lucky to get that goal under a second left. That is a dog shit play by Flurry. 
You never reach across your body, catch a puck, take it in the shoulder, shoot it up in the end of the netting, whatever. Okay. Who cares? The goal by Donskoy, phenomenal shot. And then it goes to hell. You think about the Nachushkin post, whoever rang post right before Vegas scored to tie it up. That's how close this series was, man. I mean, you gotta, you were there. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure you heard the doink, but I mean, it was that close. That, that doink was on the near side. I was on the end of the half shot twice. So I saw, I had a clear shot of the, the goal that won it for Vegas and everything too. And uh, regardless of post, Riley Smith hit three in game two. Okay. So just say one of those goes in. It's 1-1 going to Vegas. Avs losing five at that point. And I said it on the last podcast, man. I was worried about game four. Worried. I had every right to be. just, Just like I told you and just like I told the listeners, there's a difference between what you want to believe as a fan, right? Yes, this team is phenomenal. We have a Hart finalist. We have a Vezina finalist. We're probably going to have a fucking Jack Adams finalist with Ben. The Norris finalist at that, too. Add the Norris, too. I mean, shit, man. <laughs> but even then, <laughs> it's. That's why it's tough. That's why it's tough, right? I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it was. I, as much as, as I praise Jared Bednar and I love Jared Bednar, right? I have the guys back 100% of the way. He even said tonight in the postgame, if anyone's pointing the finger, it needs to be at him. And you're fucking right, it does. Why is Nemeth still playing in games? Why is Connor Timmons still playing in games? Why is Ryan Graves getting second, second pairing ice time when all he is is a fucking shooting machine that gets nothing done? A liability, my dude. Like so, leave it that. And can Ryan, I say Ryan while, Graves while had three shots on train. goal? Ryan Graves had three shots on goal, but that doesn't account for how many shot attempts he had. That oh. is so far and beyond the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, like, like I wish I could find the, the shot attempts because I, I I've been searching high and low to see how many shot attempts he had and how many of them fucking got blocked. Because the majority, the, the dude was literally, and this is the same problem he had with in, with the Eagles in Loveland, the exact same fucking problem, the exact same. Yeah. I haven't liked him since he was there. Is he good defensively? Absolutely. He needs to stop shooting the puck, plain and yeah. simple. Chip it into the corner and get it deep. You know what happened on Vegas's fourth goal? Four fucking guys had a chance to clear the puck. Not one of them did it. Nemeth with a dog shit play up the wall. Fucking Gerard tries to chip high and high off the high and hard off the glass when the guy is literally pinching glass. You see him coming to pinch glass. Yeah. Just shoot it down the ice. There's like five seconds left. You hit with an icing. Good luck scoring with 2.3 seconds left. Seriously, good fucking luck. Yeah. Off of a face off. And, and hey, and, and while we're getting into just going through Vegas's goals here, I mean, can we talk about why I am circling back to being a Tyson Jost hater? for a little bit here off Colasar's goal there's a guy who is supposed to be you know and he was playing well in the kill and all this but he was your he, he's your second line guy at this point he's taken faceoffs, you, you know against 
against Petrangelo. He loses that faceoff. What does he do? He does not work to get back. He sits there, hands on his knees, stick on his knees, hunched over, watching the puck go back. And then guess who slips by? Kolasar off the Petrangelo shot that he just lost. You have to be aware of your surroundings. And thus, the Tyson Jost hate circle has been completed. At least my end of the book. Even then, on on on, on the fifth goal, you and I were texting back and forth about it. Yeah. Gerard is not goal side. When I say goal side, I mean you got stick tied up. Your ass is literally in the fucking slot. <clears throat> and it's just it's it's the same shit every time it feels like dude it's just oh look we didn't type a stick in front oh i'm shocking here we go you know like i i mean i i just i don't i i don't know i mean kill mccarr led the team with seven giveaways and chushkin's right behind him at six i mean Talk about a rough game tonight, man. Nachushkin, he had some chances. I mean, even then, man, I mean, Landis Cog's your best face-off guy. Move McKinnon to the wing. There's a simple change you make. McKinnon's at 50%. Yeah, get, get him out. He doesn't need to take draws. Sorry, he doesn't. Carl Soderberg, 60%. And Carl played literally in, what, three games? He played 18 minutes. Just, I'll ask you, Jared, wh- where was Bull and Byron this series? Where the fuck was Jacob McDonald? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, don't, I, don't give, I, don't, I don't give a shit about Byron. Where the fuck was Jacob McDonald? You want to talk about a fucking lockdown guy? He should be in for Nemeth. Like, this, is, this is not even a conversation right now. Yeah. There, there's nothing that, you can, that anyone can tell me. That he doesn't deserve the playing time. Luckily, he's under contract for another year. Thank you, God. Because Patrick Nemeth is fucking UFA. His ass better be gone, not resigned. He's oh, he's not worth the one point five that we were doing. Definitely. And I mean talk about Timmons too. I mean, just replace Timmons with Byron. You've got another you've got another guy that can create chances for you, which is ultimately what you need. Timmons fumble I mean, that's, 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 for that's, all of us. I get it. I, I, yeah. I, I get it, but man. Like, you you got to put Byram in that situation with McDonald. I mean, how much different of a dynamic would that be, especially considering Vegas's fourth line exploded against us tonight? It, it just goes to show you how much they miss nothing. It really yeah. does. Miss him in the circle, miss his physical presence. I mean... You, you can't slot in a fucking Tyson Jost on the second and expect things to go well. Yeah. I mean, given his play, I, w- I will give him credit. He had a great year. And his play was all grit this year, which I respected. But at the end of the day, he, he was a guy giving you, you know, power kill minute, uh, penalty kill minutes. And it's... 
it's tough to put that guy in that type of situation, especially when you're going up against the Mark Stones of the world, the Petrangelos of the world. But yeah, I'll agree, man. Kadri's presence was definitely missed, and I'm starting to look at that eight-game suspension. When you see the same type of play going on with Halat tonight, and him not even get a hearing, it's so much inconsistency. I mean, if, it's just all inconsistency yeah. at this point, dude. Like, uh, yeah. like we we can we can bitch Ramon about the officiating after game nah, two for, for to hell to hell and back, right? I mean, they didn't hardly yeah. call shit in the next four games. People were getting mugged out there. You had to basically get shot or stabbed it's, to get a it call. Was, it was playoff. It was playoff hockey, man. It was playoff hockey. Like, I'm not even talking about officiating at this point. Like, I was just talking about the player safety rules and just everything regarding that aspect of it because you, you, even even you fight through it you have to fight through it man you, the best team yeah. know how to fight through it and they're going to figure it out and the fact of the matter is is that they Colorado just didn't figure it out they 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 couldn't figure it out um looking at Vegas um their guys i mean Marcia so 7 points Pacioretty 7 points Carlson 7 points your their top guys fucking showed up I mean, yeah. and plain and simple, March Gerard, five fucking tucks. Are you shitting me? Three of them yeah. in one goddamn game. I, they, when, Mark, Mark Stone, by the way, might be one of the best defensive centers in the league right now, if not the best, by yeah. a mile. I mean, him, you got to credit Stevenson, too. They did a great job at locking up Mac. I mean, they were the reason why you moved Saad up to the first line in the first place. You know? And just looking back at it, man, looking looking back at this game, talking about X-Factors for a little bit, mine was Samuel Gerard last podcast. X-Factors can swing both ways. Sammy Gerard let up two goals tonight, in my opinion. The goal side one that you were talking about, because... Watching the replay, most definitely, guy beat him to the puck hands down, for sure. I mean, and and and, and, and even if also, even if it goes off of new hook, right? Yeah. Grubauer's off on it, but if he's goal and side was, and he and he's doing the right things, he's goal side. Chance star that goes off of Gerard's skate and kicks to either to the corner or yeah. out a little bit. Center picks up the puck, high hard off the glass, you're out. It's fine at that point. But you, you, you want to talk about weird goals, folks? I mean. That was a shot that tipped off Newhook. It tipped off, I believe, Stone again, and then went into just the triple stick black hole where literally you got Gerrards and Groobs. <laughs> you know, all three of them are colliding at the same time, man. That puck's got so much weird mojo going on with it. Like... That was tough to watch. And it was tough that that goal was the backbreaker, in my opinion, too. Like, Gerard also messed up on the on the Carlson goal, but that was also just a great play by Carlson. It reminded me of a of a Rantanen shot in that on that side, in that in that zone of the ice. But Gerard was nowhere to be found. Again, Carlson just gets a free run at Grubauer on a night where, like you were saying, he's been put through a lot of work. It was very evident on the on the Nick Holden goal, first goal of the night. Grubauer was not his best. I mean, posted his game his series worst. 
below 800 save percentage tonight, and it showed. Uh, again, it, was a, it was a combination of, of bad play and that, man. Like, it's tough. I it's mean, tough when you possess the puck in their, in, their, in their zone for 10 minutes, you know? And that's, that's, that's hockey in general, you know? It's just, you know... I... I... I I just, I don't know, man. There's, there's just so, so many things that were wrong from games two to fucking six. Five games Colorado gets outplayed. Five. You can't walk up the defensive zone. Your fucking top guys can't get going. You talk about how bad they looked on the road too, Vegas. I mean, games three and four. I mean, compared to Game Six tonight, they played a much better game tonight in Vegas. Just overall, well, and, 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 and I don't, I don't want to hear the fucking shit of oh, Vegas was at 100 percent capacity. That fucking no. shit in Denver was well over what they're saying. I was there. I have videos. I put it on our Twitter. Go look at it. They were over 10,500 people. It had to be close to 90 percent capacity. They were packing the fucking joint. Thinking what, Jared? Snoop Dogg would have been 15, <laughs> 15, 16,000 there at least. Minimum. Minimum. I mean, I, I was watching it just, uh, uh, you know, and they it looked packed. I mean, it did not look like like that 10,500 number. Um, how was the atmosphere? Just curious, you being back there. I mean, was it was it everything? It felt like what it was pre COVID. It yeah. really did. I mean, outside of the mask wearing and all that, but once you're in your seat, dude, no, no, there was no mask. In. And um, ESPN stats and info just tweeted this out about half an hour ago now. Um, the Avs are the third team in NHL history to begin a postseason with at least six consecutive wins and lose their next four. Only two other teams have done it. The 99 Red Wings and the 69 Blues. However, Denver, the Avs are the first President's Trophy winner to do it. So that's just it's just it's just one of those stats where you look at it and go, wow. Uh, is it there? There's a lot of ways you can look at at, at this series and th- this postseason as a whole. Um, in, in the big picture of it, four years ago, we were the worst team in the league. Coach bails right before training camp because he can't handle Joe Sackick telling him what to do. He just bails because it's just it's what he does. And it, it's literally not the first time he's rage quit a fucking franchise. Do you not remember how he got to Denver, anyone? <laughs> um. The, the next year, they sneak in game 82 against the Blues, hammer them 5-3, and they sneak in and play a very good Nashville team at the time, take them to six, get bounced in game six. Um, and, and then I remember you, thinking. And, and, then, like, oh. and then you turn around the next year, 
you sneak in again as the last team in. You beat Winnipeg in game 81 in overtime on an Eric Johnson OT winner from McKinnon. Um, you sneak in, you drop game one against Calgary, and then you rattle four straight. It just permanently changed that franchise. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, the then, way. and then you, you drop it in seven to San Jose, uh, a veteran San Jose team who had a lot of Stanley Cup caliber guys and yeah I mean, and Joe everything Pavelski else at the time mm-hmm. and, uh, and everything Jumbo like Joe that. was still yeah I mean and so and, and then last year with the COVID shortened season and then beating up on Arizona in five and then uh, dropping game seven to the eventual runner up Dallas I'm, I mean off a bare bones squad and and and, and 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 that's where I start and, to and that's where I start to have problems with this, right? Yeah. You have a bare bones squad last year. You go to seven with your fourth fucking goalie. And this year you have everything in place and I and, and, and call what you want, man. I, I saw it on Twitter a second ago where where in, in what other fucking universe is there the best two teams in the league? playing in the fucking second round yeah in, in, in mean, what was... in what other universe man like vegas is in the fucking pacific we wouldn't see yeah. vegas until the west final in, in a normal yeah. in a normal everything normal season you don't see vegas till the west final and i was actually just about to bring that same point up man like, like literally it, you, you don't see vegas till the west final at that point and yeah, That's you have just, the one and two seed at the opposite ends of the bracket. I mean, if this is a regular non-COVID impacted season where you got the Avs coming out of the Central, then yeah, I mean, you wouldn't see them until the finals. We just got it in round two. And and obviously Kisla, who's a fucking idiot, is just had his thing published. And... His tagline is Sackick needs to get tough and fire Bednar. What a fucking clown. Can, can, can we talk just about the Denver Post and the clownery that's coming out of that in general recently with their takes? I mean, they're saying Bench McKinnon, for Christ's sake. They're saying, I mean... And it's all from, Kis- it's, it's, it's all from Kisla, too, man. He's just... He, yeah. He's a... He's a wannabe fucking... He's, he's, an, he's an opinion columnist at this point. And it, he just gets all of his fucking digs in when he can because he thinks he's hot shit and cover the fucking Broncos. It's, it's, it's all just bullshit, he, right? He, he, he blocked me on Twitter, homie. He, he blocked me on Twitter. Dude's a fuck. Because I put a respectable hockey take underneath his uh, one of his posts. Blocked me. <laughs> Dude's a clown. So, yeah. Um, I mean, but the takes that were coming out of this city, man, from the fan base... To the media, to this team did not deserve that at all. What you got was a, like you said, a hyper escalated West Finals. Because this Avs team would steamroll anyone on their way to face this team. After seeing what they did to the Blues, Avs win every series moving forward until they would have faced Vegas, which would have been in that West Finals. So it's it's tough to when 
like you were saying, it's it gets really tough because you talk about progression instead of regression. Dealing with the same thing with the Nuggets right now. And theoretically, yeah, it was a little bit of a regression. Lost round two, game six. But the quality in opponents, man, I mean, that went, that ain't no Dallas. That ain't no Sharks from, from 2019. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, and... I, I gotta get off Twitter, bro. I'm gonna lose my fucking shit. Um, <laughs> James Merrillat with 104.3 The Fans, just a goddamn clown, too. Um, what... Here's the big problem. Out of the forward core, I mean, or just in general, out of the forwards in general, you've got, what's that? Four, five, eight guys who are unrestricted free agents and two who are restricted. One of them being your captain. You know he's going to resign. The, the captain, they're going to try and get a deal done with Landy. Um, Belmar's yeah, up. Important. Belmar's up this year. Soderberg was yeah, on a Gruba, was on a fucking bro. Soderberg was on a fucking one one year. Brandon Saad was on a one year. I, if if he's smart, he takes a discount off of what he just got paid this year. He takes a discount, hundred percent. I think Saad's coming back honestly. And he said it, he wants to retire. And in and, and if he does, I have to buy Sierra fucking Saad jersey. So, um, <laughs> the the Makar one is a, was a standover. Yeah, and, and speaking of Makar, he's up too as a UFA, and same with Grubauer. Well, well, well Makar's an, an RFA. He's still... Or he's, he's RFA. Yeah, he's but he's under team control. Grub- so is Connor Timmons. He's under team control. Um, Nemeth's Grubauer's USA, have a good night. Though. Yeah, Grubauer's the big UFA outside of... Um, outside of Landis Cog. I mean, Calvert's up, and I don't even know if Calvert's ever going to play again at this point. Um, I, I, I've said it multiple times and i mean this and i truly believe it um the condor does not play for colorado again he will fly somewhere it's not going to be in denver it's not going to be in burgundy and blue i don't know where he's going to go he does have a no movement clause um so obviously it's of it, it's very hard because he has a modified no no move no trade clause. He, he can have 19 teams that he can go to. He has a list of them. Um, I I, I mean a guy who's 33 making six million dollars a year. I I don't I, I I don't know how like how that looks for a player he uh, you know who hasn't really done hardly anything i i I mean you can buy him out it's gonna cost you two million dollars a year but you're saving four million dollars yeah and and at that point do you just do it and say you know what you're 33 banging on 34 you got two years left on your deal at fucking six million a piece thanks but no thanks you know it's a flat cap You've got a first round, a third round, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh this year. Um, you traded away the second round for Devon Taves. I, we won that trade. I don't give a shit. Um, I don't know, dude. Like, there's, 
Soderbergh's not coming back. There's no need for him. I, I don't think Belmar resigns. He's 36. Unless he's coming in at league minimum, which I think is like, like 95, 950,000. I think he's league min. Um, but I don't know with like the vet rule and all that shit. Um, I, they don't resign Soderbergh. They probably don't resign TJ Tynan either. And he's a UFA. They probably don't resign Jason Magna. He's a UFA. They might take a peek at Liam O'Brien, but he's no P.E. Belmar. You know? Yeah. Um, and by the way, P.E. Belmar was one of the few players that showed up this series. And, and, that's, and, and that sucks that he's 36 and he's probably going to be done. Yeah, but I mean, hats off to him on, a, on just a great series against his former team. I mean, it's got to be respected. He, he was a big reason why we were in this series. Him and him and Grubauer early on. Here's the problem, too. How much is Kale going to get? Yeah. That, I, I, and we said it in the fucking preseason with Scotty and CeCe. This dude, if this dude gets nominated for the Norris, we're fucked. He's, yeah. he's His gonna, price goes way up. He's, he's getting McKinnon money. He's not getting Rantanen money. Yeah. Rantanen got selfish, and he might have fucked that team pretty hard, right? Um, I, I mean, like, luckily, Rantanen's biggest cap hit hit this year, so we're okay. On the downslope, yeah. Um, I mean, and, and McKinnon said it today, or tonight in his presser, and it, 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 he said it, and it just resonated with me. He said, I, I've been here nine years. I haven't won shit. That's a guy who's pissed. And I mean, at, at, at what point is it going to be a, a, almost like a come to Jesus moment with him? I mean, Devon Taves is locked up for three more years, which is awesome. On f- and I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, Ryan Graves will be exposed in the expansion draft. His performance in this series solidified that. If he's not, I'll be fucking shocked. So I guarantee you Colorado goes 8-3-1. Eight, 8 forwards, 3 defensemen, 1 goalie. Guaranteed. And right now, Grubauer's a UFA. Francois isn't. He is on LTIR, though. Um, I do think the NHL is going to look at their LTIR rule and adjust it for next year. I, I, I honestly believe because there's a lot of people talking about Kucherov right now and how all that shit went down with him, but, um, Eustace Antonin, um, hasn't done anything. Haven't, I, I, I honestly don't even know if he played a single game for the Eagles. Like, he, he, he played, few. he played two and then played one game in the, in the playoffs. And, I mean, that's it. So, I mean, he, he comes over from Liga um, over in Finland. After his year's done, had a, has a great year, like 24 games played, 243 goals against. And then I, I just, so, I mean, he's, uh, he's not, he, he's not eligible for the expansion draft. He just signed a contract and everything, and he's on a minor league deal as it is, so it doesn't matter, but. I mean, in, in all reality, I mean, luckily you have Nichushkin locked down. 
You got Confer locked. I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You got Confer locked down. You got Donskoy locked up for another two years as well. Kadri's got one more year in his deal. Burkowski's got another year in his deal. Then he becomes a UFA. I mean, dude, the clock is ticking. That The fact of the matter is the clock is fucking ticking. And they got to figure it out quick. Yeah. And can I say Burakovsky's penchant to come out in elimination games and just play well? I mean, he had a beautiful goal tonight. Just all... All, all for nothing. Tonight. All for nothing. All for nothing. Nothing. You know, it, it, we, 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 talk we can talk about... about we, have talk, we can talk about how McKinnon... <laughs> this is... He, he finally got a point. First, first points since game two. Had two assists. For nothing. Nothing. I, I, I can be a fan, but you know me better than anyone, bro. I'm going to be a fucking realist. That is not good. Your top line needs to show up, and when they don't, this is what fucking happens. I have seen more handshakes in the wrong fucking side of this with the Avs than I can remember. I was there when they lost to Nashville. I was at Blake Street Tavern after the Rockies got rained out against San Jose. I can't tell you I've seen hand, a good handshakes at Pepsi Center. Ever. I've never seen it live. I haven't seen it since, what, well, it, would, it would have been fucking the Minnesota series in, what, like 2010 or something? Or like oh eight or oh nine, like toward the tail of Sackick's career. I mean, I don't even remember that. I, I don't. No one does. And it's it's coming to a point now where we've had McKinnon for nine years, had Miko for eight, Landy for ten, ten or eleven, give or take. What's it going to take? To get over this hump. Because what's going to happen. It's the same thing that happened to the fucking Broncos. Okay. When they had Manning. You lose to Indianapolis. In. What was that? The fucking first round. It wasn't in the AFC fucking championship game. You lose to them. Right. You turn around. And you basically say. Mm, that shit ain't ever going to happen again. And then. You win a Super Bowl. What's it going to take for this Avs team? to turn that corner. You got to remember when it back to Peyton Manning did everything right that next year, that next year he went off for every single offensive record at the time he broke. They lost in the big one, 43 to eight to a much more experienced as far as defensively goes Seattle team. Next year, Broncos actually find some great pieces defensively, and what do you know? They put together the best damn defense in, in near 50 years. Harold it as, as one of the best all time, and they win one. I think it was a few years later, but keep going. But yeah, I mean, what is it going to take, though? Clearly, there's a little bit of knock behind... Scog, Ranciden, McKinnon. What an amazing regular season. When it comes to the nit and grit, they just can't seem to get it done. 
point does that enter the discussion? Who, what needs to happen? Just separate them onto three different lines and take that approach. So you have one killer per line. I don't know. And at what point does it fall on Bednar? What point does it, you know, it's, it's tough to figure out, man. There, we don't, we won't, we, we, we don't, we won't have the answers. That's just reality, right? We're not in the towers of KSC. We're not in the fucking front office. We're not in any of that shit. We can sit here and play armchair quarterback all night, drinking fucking whiskey and Cokes and just shooting it. The, the reality is that, and, and, keep, and keep in mind, Bednar's won at every level he's been at. ECHL, AHL, the only, the only one he has in his NHL. And do I think a coaching change needs to happen at this moment? No. But if it happens again, that's a different story. October is not that far off, thankfully. Very, very, very thankfully. And maybe it's even a November start, and that's fine. Late October, early November, that's fine. Okay, I'm okay with that. But it's gonna it's gonna be soul searching time for these guys because this just isn't getting it done anymore. And we can talk about how McDavid always chokes in the playoffs. This fucking that the other thing. Where where was twenty nine? I mean, playoff Mac. I'd take Mac over McDavid, man. You can't compare the two. Where was he for for four games? Where? That's my issue. Four games. I mean, he had two points, right? Two points in in these uh, tonight. He had four points. All of them came in the first game. Yeah, you got to remember though, with 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 the Oilers, with or, or you know, got McDavid. You got Drysdale. Drysdale won the heart the year before. So you have the, the reigning heart trophy winner on your team. You get swept. Despite leading the league in points. And they go back and do it again. Back over him any day of the week, man. I can get out of the first round and put up a fight. Like... I wouldn't call the series a you've, fight, you've though, seen, man. I, I would. I can't. I can't call it a fight. You've seen McDavid go 0 and 8 in his playoff run. And I'll tell you, man, it's, it's going to pain me to watch McKinnon be on the top of that playoff scoring line until the very end of the Stanley Cup, because that's the, the talent that he has. As a, I mean, he's, he's amazing what he does. We are blessed to watch him here. We're, we're watching hockey history, man. I mean... That's why it's so tough. I just, I don't. <sighs> I, I, I don't get it. I don't. It, it's, you had Norris Trophy, Norris Trophy fine. I, I hate, I hate this fucking narrative. I really do. I do. I, I'd much rather have him win it next year, bro. <laughs> well, even then, man, after. Like, even then, I hate this narrative because I'm going to bring it up. You have a Norris Trophy finalist. A Vezina Trophy finalist, a Hart Trophy finalist, and probably a Jack Adams. And he can't get out of the fucking second round. 
three years in a row. Two of them in seven. This one in six. What uh, does it does it come down to the coaching aspect of it? Bauer knowing that the Avs are going to come out, so he plays Leonard on purpose. Game one takes the L. Does it come to to that type of a chess match where maybe you know the Avs were never going to play Dubnik, of course, but maybe throw Johansson in there for a game on the road, just a game that you knew you were going to lose, like Game Four, to give Grubauer just a smidge of a break. Maybe you're talking an entire different series, man. I don't know. Grubauer had eight days of rest. He's your number one. You you run with him. I understand why they played Leonard in game one and spotted the Avs a W, but it, it just goes to show you they don't spot Av, the Avs the win. And I, it, it very well could have been lulling them to a sense of, security, of false security where they play Leonard and say, yeah, it'll be fine. It's just, it, it's not good. Top to bottom, if not. And it, it starts with the GM and ends with the fourth string goaltender. It's just, it wasn't good enough. And that's what we have to realize all in all. And I mean, we, we can look at that, at, at that St. Louis series and say, wow, holy shit, top line, 24 points in fucking th- four games. Every guy pretty much averaged point, like three points a game or more, even more than Everyone that. had a point. Everyone had a point that series, except for Connor Timmons, I believe. And... Even Grubauer had a point, man. He had an assist. Dude, like I look back at it, man. <laughs> they shouldn't have won game two. We, we've we've all agreed to that. They shouldn't have won game two. They they tightened up the officiating after that, and then, or I guess loosened it up. I loosened guess would be the yeah. fucking word. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I wish I, I wish you guys could see what Joel is seeing right now. I, my head is fucking down. I'm staring at the microphone, just trying to rack my brain of everything that's happened in these past six in this past week and a half, these six games. I mean, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a rough night for Col- or a rough week for Colorado sports in general, Jared. Jesus Christ, the Rockies are getting blown out by Miami every night. Holy oh, yeah. Hell. Rockies, I'm talking, we got 30-point L with the Nuggets in game two. I'll run down the past six days for you, man, starting for tonight. Tonight, Avs loss, Nuggets loss, Avs loss, Nuggets loss. Off night, Avs loss. That's tough. The Avs should know in game two. They had every reason to win game three and take a stranglehold on the series. And they got waxed days of cold and sat back. Not picking up, not, not, not picking up guys. Uh, Who won, man? Goal sign issues. Good. I mean, dude, it's just... I, I said it earlier in the podcast, I tweeted out during the fucking game, it's the same shit over and over and over. What is the recipe for success to beat Colorado? Get guys to the net and get goal side of them. Because guess what? They're not pushing you out of the way. So what's the change you have to make? What, what is it? Because you're going to play McCarr 23 minutes tonight. He played a team high. 23 minutes and 18 seconds tonight. 23-18. 23-18. That's on, on a fucking 20-whatever-year-old kid. What the fuck is he? 22. 
20 year old kid. Dude's playing that a night. Really? Okay. So then let's just, I mean, let's just look at it tonight. So he's playing that much. How much does Gerard play? Okay, natural stat trick. Please just work. I mean, Makar plays 20. I'm sorry. I was wrong. 26.33 tonight. 26 minutes. Top pairing defenseman. Devon Taves right behind him. 26.09. Top line averages basically 22 minutes, give or take. Kale McCarr, I, I, I love and hate Corsi because it tells me all the good things and doesn't tell me enough bad things. Um, I, I mean, when, when Kale McCarr is on the ice, he, he generates everything you need to see. Chances, shots on net, all, all the right intangibles. The thing I saw tonight... And, and that I saw from McKinnon even in game five when I was there and I was watching, I was watching it live. McKinnon was stick handling himself into submission in game five. Well, abs are tied. Obviously, they're gripping the sticks pretty fucking hard. And, and, and I even said it going into the third period with the people I was sitting with um, watching the game. I, here's, here was my concern. Abs are going to be either at this or down another one by 10 minutes in. And we're going to start seeing the defensemen jump into the play. More Ottoman Russians for Vegas where they fucking thrive. I, I thought McKinnon should have passed off on the two-on-one he had in the third. I, I, I do. He should have. Um, you're giving Fleury every chance to make a save there instead of almost stopping up, creating a, stopping up and creating a lane. But, I mean, at, at that speed, none of us have played that speed. None of us. I, I mean, that's that, that's why Chicklets is such a great, great podcast to listen to for hockey people, because they they under you have Whitney on there who played the game. You got Bissonette, albeit fourth line. He knows the speed of the game. He understands the game. And. It's just so many intangible things that we look at and go. Well, if not that, then why didn't you do this, that the other thing? I can sit here and bluff and just flap my fucking gums all night about, oh, oh, I would have done this as a fucking player. I never played that speed. Never. I couldn't fucking wish to play that speed. Because if I was, I wouldn't be fucking sitting here. Plain and simple. And I just, I don't, I don't know anymore, dude. I really don't. I, there's so many things that need to be fixed. You have a ton of cap issues going into a flat cap year. You're in trouble. You are in trouble if you're the Avs. Yeah, they got got some things to figure out. Like, like I said, it's tough, man. I mean, tonight it plain and simple. Expected goals for as barely eke out Vegas. That's the game they should have won. <laughs> Off a few bad plays, that's the game they should have won, man. Uh, game five, even too. They played. They played well enough, in my, in my opinion, win that game too. It's not even me being a fan. That's me just looking at them 
eye to eye and seeing them outskate Vegas for the majority of it. You had that period before Donskoy's goal. You had all sorts of stuff popping off that game. Here's here's the thing that defined the series, and I fucking tweeted it, and now I see it again. High danger chances four in the series and against for both teams. Colorado 65, Vegas 70. High danger goals four. Colorado 5, Vegas 11. End of story. That's it. Uh, it just, that's fucking it. You want to look at anything else? Expected goals 4, expected 1 to 1. Colorado 15.34, Vegas 15.72. This shit good, should be going 7. Every day of the week. Best two teams in the fucking league. Every day of the week. It, Vegas outshoots Colorado in the series. They outscore him by two in total. Take out game one. Vegas shits on Colorado. That's that. That's it. End of story. I don't know what. I don't know if you heard my mouse thumping there. Sorry. Um. <laughs> can you do to get better you know i mean is it just another year of this team being together is that what it's gonna take just more chemistry it, it, it can't be chemistry at this point dude it can't there's no fucking way it can be chemistry at this point like like a mentality issue i mean it, it, it's got to be mentality at this point right it has to there, there's there's no other excuse at this point like tonight it doesn't help when Grubauer gives up two low danger goals. So outside outside shots I go, right? Like Brutal holding goal. Brutal. Well, okay, but he, five hole man. Okay. No but, screen. But when no you see involved. but when you see that, okay, here's what's going on in Grubauer's head. Puck's going the the guy with the puck is nine times out of ten going down down the wall behind the goal, which is what Vegas's MO is. 90% of the time. Now we talked about how well they work the puck a little high and get pucks on net. Fucking Grubauer takes another peek over his shoulder when Holden has the puck. He is looking because he doesn't trust his defenseman anymore. He's looking to see where that fucking guy may be who might have a deflection. In that time, Holden throws a low shot on goal and there you go. The Avs legend, Nick fucking Holden. Scores a goal to eliminate you. Reminds me of Andrew Brunette in the 2004 series against Minnesota. That's what that reminds me of. And that just hit me, and that really fucking sucks. I, I, I don't... Gr- Grubauer can only do so much. I understand that. I, I mean, we're, we're not... This isn't a one-person issue. This is a, as a whole, problem. And Vegas's best guys showed up. Colorado's didn't. Brandon Saad took 11 shots on goal and had four goals. Pretty damn good. Miko Ranton in 17 shots, four goals. Burkowski, five shots, fucking one goal. McKinnon 
took 22 shots and pumped four. I mean, at, at this point, I don't know what to tell you. It's just it's it, it's it's just one of those things where you look up and down the lineup and start going where what do we have to change and there's no Nemeth answer. Graves, right there, Nemeth Graves, get him out. Nemeth's gone anyway, like you were saying. Two were a big, big reason we were talking about. I mean, all night now. Why, why we lost this series? How many times did Nemeth give the puck away in the Avalanche zone? How many times did Jonathan Graves look at a skater? Look at the <laughs> the open corner. Look at the goalie with five players stacked in front of him and say, ah, I'll take a chance on that. I just... Because in that situation, it's tough because it's like, why not put it on net? Got guys like Mac out there. You got guys like Ranton out there. You got guys like Landeskog out there. I mean, there was a tip that happened between... Landeskog and Jost tonight that made me puke, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm talking near misses. So at what point is it like I have to put it on net, you know? That's where it gets kind of tough. I, I, I think the hardest part for all of us is, too, that we started 6-0. and Yeah. And now we're here. Uh, I mean, do you compare? Would you compare this collapse to the to the Lightning's collapse when they no. won the Presidents' Cup? No. There is a difference between getting to the second round and getting your dick kicked in by fucking Columbus. Big difference. Um, the year after they won it. And I, 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 I hope to God that this is the, the eye-opening moment for Colorado. I don't know if it is. And I mean, <clears throat> I mean, Kadri's going to be back for the start of the year. Great. We could have used him. The inconsistency with, player department, with the Department of Player Safety is evident. People have said, have, coaches have said the officiating was, has been ass all playoffs. I mean, outside of DeBoer, too, Bruce Cassidy in Boston has said it, too. Yeah. I, I highly think that it influenced the series a hell of a lot more than the one in New York and Boston. Do I think it was the determining factor of the series? Absolutely not. No way. Because if I, if I said that, I'd be a fucking hypocrite, and that's just not going to happen. Um, yeah. I, I mean, in, in closing... This, this is a disappointment of a year. Like I said in the beginning, beginning man, hollow, hollow feeling. 
should they have won the president's trophy? Absolutely not. Did that put more unrealistic expectations on our heads? Bet your ass it did, man. But we're already the favorites, bro. I already knew what they had to do coming into the year. They were favorited to win at the start of the year after all the offseason moves they made. He just had the odds on number one favorite the entire year, basically. He knew what they had to do. Here's a reason. Here's I mean, what I think happens come September, right? Because now we're, we're essentially in training camp. Season, next we're, season we're, mode. We're in training camp. Yep. Watch. This. Be, be, because everything's going to go back to normal by September, right? I mean, you're going to have live pref- press conferences, all this other shit, no more Zoom meeting bullshit. All this is going to be live in your face, at people asking you questions. The question that's going to get asked from day one of training camp is going to be, how is this different from last year? What is going to be different? What is this? What is that? What is the other thing? And they better have a fucking answer. Because if they don't, they are in for a rude awakening. And I will tell you right now, if this team next year starts anywhere sub-500, they will be selling off assets immediately. And there will be a change, whether it be in the front office or behind the bench. Because Greg Cronin's earned his fucking stripes. Aaron Schneekloth has earned his stripes. Don't tell me Joe Sackick won't do whatever it takes to win. The dude's a fucking winner. Olympic gold medalist, World Junior Championships, Stanley Cups, you name it. The dude's a fucking winner. He ain't going to put up with it for much longer. He needs to find his Raybor. And he needs to find him fast. Fantastic. I mean, to put it better myself, like, they... I mean, you gotta just just my closing thought is there will be a little bit of regression i mean this abs team just posted the best road record in abs history um went 39 13 and 4 just pacing amount of points 100 plus but gotta wait and see Gotta wait and see what happens. And uh, we're going to wrap it up here, folks. Um, Getting back into it, though. Getting back onto our regular schedule. We'll be talking uh, a lot more Nuggets basketball playoffs and uh, some other headlines, too. Maybe get into some Rockies talk and some Broncos talk as well with the OTAs starting up there. But uh, from all of us here, from from me here in Commerce to uh, Jared down in in Greenwood Village here, Good night, and wish we could have been doing this on a on a happier note, folks. But take care, and we'll uh, keep you updated on the abs news, and we'll, we'll see you guys next season. I'm in the studio cooking up music Cause I know I never got time to waste This is a decision I gotta make Made it here, I can't stop now Had to make what I got now This is life I chose, seen the highs and lows I've been getting what I want now Middle finger to the middle man
Thank you for calling Navy Federal Credit Union. How can I help you? Hi. If I'm in the Army, not in the Navy, am I still eligible for membership? Yes, you are. What about my sister in the Air Force? Her too. And my dad's a Marine. We serve all branches of the military, veterans, and their families. My dog is a retired military working dog. I'll see what I can do. Find out if you're eligible at NavyFederal.org. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA.